Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out!
Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 139 of the Bone Bass Show. This is Steve. This is Gord. How's it going, man? Well, now that we got all the glitches ironed out of your new computer system, I think it should be going pretty good. <laughs> we seem to, yeah. It's uh, Do you know how they say that the human body regenerates cells every five or ten years? Well, our entire Bone Bat system has been rejuvenated. New processor, new sound machine card, new audio software, everything except for the exact same mixer we used to record the first episode, which is kind of odd. That's where we get our powers from. <laughs> that might be it. Yeah. Without that, we're nothing. We are nothing. It's true. Obviously, the music you heard tonight, uh, opening the show is none other than Space Rocks from the brand new release, Dick Sp- <laughs> <laughs> Dick Space. Dick Space. Dick Space. Disc Space from uh, Death Star. And joining us now on the show, the one, the only band themselves, Death Star. How you guys doing? I'm- it's all right. Uh, <laughs> still going to come in underwhelming. Uh, I just, I figure if it works for Stephen Wright. <sighs> it does, doesn't work for Stephen Wright, really, though. That would be MC on We, everybody. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, MC3PO, the world's second gay robot. <laughs> I am Bill Beats, as always. And uh, I'm Cosplay, because I don't repeat jokes. <laughs> Which will only make sense. The eye contact you made with me will totally translate through the through the sound waves. Totally. Our audience gets it. They're astute. They're a what? They're astute. We have a brilliant audience, except for if they have poor taste in podcast listening. Yeah, there's that. They, they are a brilliant audience. I'll, I'll say, you know, what's up, Kitsap and Okanagan County? <laughs> All you listeners out there. And if one of my kids is listening to this podcast, go to sleep. <laughs> what do we talk about? Though? Let's just jump it right into what pisses us off. Now, you know, the number one thing that pisses me off is the fact that that now my kid is wily enough uh, and knowledgeable enough on the Internet to listen to our show. <laughs> and the, the other day he comes in, he starts asking questions about the descendants. And I kind of how would he know about the descendants? So and it turns he out what a blumpkin is. It, <laughs> 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 really? Really? Is that what we're doing? Show. <laughs> Pace yourself, buddy. We got a ways to go. I think it just shows how old Gord is that he thinks that he would ask his dad what a blumpkin is. Well, yeah, Google and Urban Dictionary are right there. You know, more like yeah, you just drop and, it in a sentence. Because when we were kids, if you wanted to know what a blumpkin is, you'd ask like you'd basically poll yes, all your friends, and your your dad'd make something up. But now you can actually get video footage. That's true. See, I would ask uh, Shannon in uh, third period English what a Blumpkin was because I knew that I would get a demonstration as opposed to an explanation because she was not a talker. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really want to name her by name, dude? Hi, Shannon. <laughs> I still think about you when I'm on podcasts. <laughs> There's going to be some censorship on this. She's episode. married to a dude I know. <laughs> uh, My son is going to grow up to have such a rich treasure trove of his father's history. If I died he really today, is. he'd still know me so well. <laughs> it's like you're still here, Dad. Embarrassing me. Jesus. Stop it. So what pisses you off, Gord? Well, you know, besides hearing your voice coming out of my son's bedroom at an odd hour. 
<laughs> I am, of course, referring to him listening to the podcast. I don't know what you're thinking about. <laughs> Man, I've got so much to be pissed off about, but I really wanted to watch the uh, the new episode of The X-Files. Yes. And I uh, told my DVR to record it. And when I got around to watching it the next day, the first half an hour was Cam Newton getting jerked off live on the 50-yard line, followed by half <laughs> Wait, an hour what? of X-Files, <laughs> followed <laughs> by nothing because it was over. So they, how did that happen? Because we were able to DVR the X-Files and we watched the whole episode. We didn't see any Cam Newton. I mean, it was kind of at the start, but they didn't. it didn't preempt any of the show. You actually missed the actual show? Me. Oh, yeah. Half an hour of it. Wow. Are you still running a timer VCR? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those were what about it? Bill it's got a big dial like a like a kitchen timer. <laughs> click 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 click. A remote connected with a cable. <laughs> Futures yeah. now. Yeah, I read I read about this 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 trouble this traumatizing event on the internet where yeah, a so- bunch of DVRs misrecorded. Uh, X Files because of the game and it didn't handle the delivery of the feed right. It it did not handle it. So you know what I did being being a a problem solver. You touched I yourself went, bitterly. I touched myself bitterly. Then I touched myself sweetly. <laughs> then I got out my phone and went to watch it on Fox. And to watch it on Fox, you had to download the Fox app. If you download the Fox app, you will no shit see the same 30 second commercial for entourage 10 fucking times <laughs> over the course of 30 minutes four times back to back to back to back to back you see that same commercial i mean it is a good show I, <laughs> you know what it may be a good show but because of that i'm never ever gonna watch it and i'm gonna start rumors about what happens you'll never me. know what a tour de force it is for jeremy piven <laughs> i was gonna watch. make the piven drop and here you go <laughs> it's trampling all over your joke yeah step right on his piven yeah so i don't know uh entourage fox the fox app they can all just kiss Am I the only one, by the way, who thinks that the network as a promotion should have made everyone refer to them as Mulder for the premiere of the X-Files? You know, (laughs) if you if you know the X-Files at all, my bandmates are just looking at me like, I don't understand. Uh, His name is Fox Mulder and he even made his parents call him Mulder. Yeah, next on Mulder. Like, it would have been a good promotion for the show, right? That would have been amusing there. for fans. I see what you no, did there. I, I actually, based on the uh, sample audience we have right here, I think it wouldn't have been funny at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow it. See, that's why he didn't come last time, because you mocked him like that. Oh. That and because I'm really picky and I, I, I require, you know, more. <laughs> so, what pisses me off? Um, all right, so I'm a huge reader. And I've been reading a lot of books by uh, people uh, whose work I enjoy online. Um, folks who write for Cracked, say, or other humor sites. Uh, people who have made their bones having YouTube channels and whatnot. I'm reading a book right now by uh, Ben Yahtzee Croshaw from Zero Punctuation. A lot of folks know who he is. He does those game reviews where his British accent is you know, probably intelligible if he would stop and breathe for a second. 
That's weird since he's from Australia. Uh, oh, is is he from Australia? Well, whatever. Fuck him. It's it's goddamn impenetrable that speed. It, it, it doesn't matter. He could be from next door if he was talking that talking that fast. You can't understand it. But uh, the problem I'm having is that I'm really enjoying these books, but so many of the writers don't know how to stick the goddamn landing, and it's like. They all have the same idea where it's like, okay, I'm going to take this genre that I like. I'm going to make a humor version of it. I'm going to add interesting characters and witty dialogue because all I do is watch Kevin Smith films and uh, Joss Whedon shows. And I'm just going to glitz it up so much so that you enjoy the whole thing. And then at the very end, I'm just going to cop out because who knows how to end a book, right? Whatever. And... He's taking the Stephen King approach. Yeah, it's pretty much. Uh, and and I wouldn't be surprised if they were specifically doing that on purpose. It's like Stephen King. The ending is shitty. And so few of them know how to stick the goddamn landing. And it's just frustrating the hell out of me. And I'm not saying that this book is that, because I'm reading Mog World. It's the book that I'm reading. It's amusing so far, but not as funny as I was hoping it would be. Kind of like this podcast? Yeah, a little bit. And... Uh, I would say the exception on all of that is David Wong, guy who wrote uh, John Dies at the End. This book is full of spiders and most recently futuristic violence and fancy suits. Uh, he knows how to end a goddamn book. So cheers to him. I got to read the third one. I haven't done that It's yet. not in the same it. series, but it's really good. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, it's pre- pretty darn great and really funny. All right. What pisses you off, Steve? I'm so steeped in so many Facebook arguments. Um... Uh, <laughs> Okay. You talk about Bernie Sanders? No, I'm not going to talk about Bernie Sanders. That's what the internet is for. I'm not going to talk about... (laughs) I mean, it's relevant, but no. I think what pisses me off right now is my dissatisfaction or distrust now of a lot of the nerd websites I follow. And I'm going to call out Nerdist on this one, because I like Nerdist as an overall kind of geek collective media site. I'm a big fan of Chris Hardwick. I love At Midnight. I like their pot the Nerdist podcast for the most part, um, and I generally feel comfortable with them as a uh, place that isn't really going to give a lot of opinions, but is going to give information. So we all saw the abortion that is the uh, Suicide Squad film trailer two with friggin' Queen in the background. And you get to hear Harley talk for the first time, and it's about as disappointing as she looks on the screen. But, um... Uh, Don't ruin it for me. (laughs) I know you've been looking forward to that Suicide Squad. I can't believe you don't think that movie is going to be good. This is like that time that you told me that uh, Sucker Punch wasn't going to be good. Oh, wait, I told you that wasn't going to be good. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. But I knew it it wasn't going to be good. But, uh, uh... so Suicide Squad comes out and that trailer's just awful and it's a perfect example of a cut together of of a misunderstanding of the property. I don't need them to be comic loyalists. I'm not mad about any of the specific casting all on its own in a bubble. But the fact that they involve the Joker heavily implies that they don't trust that the cast of lesser known characters could carry the film, which already scares me as a, as far as like if it was a good screenplay, they would just put it out as is kind of thing. Um, uh, nonetheless, you get to that thing, and then Nerdist is like, oh, the new Suicide Squad trailer looks amazing. And I'm like, 
no human being on the planet. That's not even a good trailer for like a shitty action film. It's like it ends with worst heroes ever and fun punchy lettering with with cutscene. Like it's not a good trailer to begin with. It's not a good trailer for Suicide Squad. It completely missed. Like I wouldn't have liked that in the first Expendables movie, and that movie doesn't even have to be good. <laughs> they're way not alone in that, by the way. So many sites are saying so it was so good. And so they're like the champions of that. There's all these other uh, uh, sites that are jumping on that I follow on Facebook, and it's where I get my sanity from the day. It's where I hear all of my casting rumors. It's where I hear all of my stuff. It's where I heard the rumor that Punisher was going to be a series before Netflix confirmed that it was going to be a series. Like, And it gets me amped up. And then when they do shit like that, where they take something that isn't even subjectively bad, it's objectively bad. <laughs> you can dust for bad. <laughs> They found bad semen in the body of the victim. Yeah, in the body of the bad victim in the bad house of the bad trailer. <laughs> it's, it's a bad thing. And and getting all excited about this, I'm like, you know DC's track records with film. If it's not about Batman specifically, they fall apart. Mm. Um, and you know that doing something like hiring a Will Smith smacks of desperation. We need somebody that people know. And then having the Joker as the villain when he's not the villain in any of the more current comics of the Suicide Squad, New 52 on. And and they're like, we need somebody that the audience knows. And like, like as a character... Will Smith. <laughs> Will Smith is the villain of this movie. I like Will Smith. He's a likable guy, even did. though he's crazy. Well, I like his good times you raps. rap almost as on par as him. Almost, From almost. 1985. I, I wish I was Will Smith 1985. <laughs> I wish I was 13-year-old. You are definitely a nightmare on my street. I will say that. <laughs> Yeah, so it just let me down. It let me down from a group that I didn't necessarily always trust for critique, but always contextualized in a way that I could get behind and at least be like have like a gentleman's disagreement with them rather than me being like, fuck you guys right in the ass. <laughs> At least we can all agree that the Warcraft tra trailer looks like shit, right? That does look horrendous. That looks like a terrible, terrible film, yeah. That, everything Wait. about that movie looks bad. I can't decide which looks worse, that or Gods of Egypt. Oh, my Jesus, oh, God. Good which God. looks oh, terrible. God. Like, like I, I get pretty racist, but even a racist like me is like, uh, these guys are white. Like, <laughs> like... Guys, you didn't think that this would be a problem when you when you made this movie that you just cast the whitest white guys? No. <laughs> so well, maybe Egyptians way back were like, wasn't in Africa. I don't know. What pisses you off, Bill Beats? It's gonna be about that, uh, that would take too long. To go <laughs> um, so my most recent, and I'm I'm awful at these. I don't know. I'm just not an angry person, so there's not a lot of stuff that pisses me off. But recently, I bought a new computer. <laughs> and it was a $3,000 computer, so it wasn't cheap. I was like, okay, I'm just going to go all the way in. I'm going to buy a nice computer. I buy it. I take it home. I leave it on overnight because I'm like, it can handle being on overnight. I come back to it. Everything's frozen. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. I'll restart it. Give it about 20 minutes. It freezes again. I check the logs, and it's all just GPU errors. So basically the video card was failing in a $3,000 computer. <laughs> <laughs> a brand new $3,000 computer. <laughs> so then I had to go through the process of returning it. And I'd only had it for about 20 days technically at that point with setting it up and everything. So basically the process was way harder than it needed to be. They would not swap me for the exact same computer. 
I had to return the computer, wait for the money to fund back into my account to then repurchase the exact same computer. Jesus. <laughs> and See, that that's like, it's like sales prevention. It's like they don't want your business when companies do shit like that. Exactly. No shit. As, as they're saying, but we want you to buy another computer. <laughs> <laughs> Allow us to thoroughly give you the opportunity to walk away. <laughs> Yeah, this was the Mac this is, Pro. This is the Apple too. Like, <laughs> like they're not gonna hand you back that three thousand and be like, you know, I could save a thousand of this and get this kind of bullshit with Windows all yeah. damn day. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I when I upgraded, I rebuilt it. I like went out and I bought each component and built it myself. And I used a couple of hard drives and things from the old one and put it all back together in a new case. And it's been working great. That's so, the way to go. I yeah. learned my lesson. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you trust the great giant apple? <laughs> you know, Eve trusted an apple. <laughs> Look how that turned out. Now we can't run around naked anymore. I'm glad you had You're something like, Steve, bad happen to give you. Props so you can talk that, because about I do it. not have Thanks, the Steve. balls to go and build my own computer. I would fear that I'd be taking $2,000 of components and essentially bricking it. No, it wasn't you even. You don't have that. You go in. You're fearless. You have confidence. I'm impressed. It wasn't even that much either. But you know, I because I I bought. I kind of spec'd out what I wanted, and I didn't get like the best that you could get. I didn't get an i7. I got an i5 that was as you know. You need. Yeah, you as need. fast as I could afford. I got you know the nice memory, but not the fastest. Like the second fastest, and I just despec'd each item and looked for the best price. I bought some things on Newegg, some things at Fry's, some things at Amazon, and put it all together. Yeah, the sound card thing. Now, now that you have a sound card, we're using one channel. Yeah, yeah, and and the we'll the oldest out. mixer in the house, That's which not is hilarious. the hardware's fault. That's no. not the hardware's now, fault. Now, now I'm fucking depressed. So why don't we listen to a tune? <laughs> hey, let's do that. This is another brand new cut from the Disc Space EP about Gord's favorite game. This is XCOM's Never Safe, Never Alone. Take the stack to slow, the stealth attack and crow. You invaders can come at me, bro. And son, you have to know that we ain't lack for pros. XCOM is a crack control. We're taking back a home, you're gonna crack your dome. Till you can't take the flak no more. And Jesus, take the trigger, cause there ain't none bigger than a battler who's bred and blood to break your stride. We're going straight inside, we're gonna shake you high. We'll take your mind until we're psychified. You're the fighting kind, and over rattle doesn't matter if you're better, cause we're never gonna see the field. You're gonna bleed for real, gonna need to heal, but ain't never gonna be repealed. You gotta keep yourself alive. Keep yourself running You gotta keep yourself alive Make sure that you don't get done And if you're looking to survive Don't get left out in the cold Or the devil gonna take your soul You gotta keep yourself alive Keep yourself running You gotta keep yourself alive Make sure that you don't get done And if you're looking to survive Don't get left out in the cold Or the devil gonna take your soul 
quicksand and got an unknown enemy about to quit living think of splitting never cause we the vanguard hit him hard chalk start violent call a card play the part whether research or terry if you ever really care for your kin no errors cause conflict ain't cheap report better for the bill bust the boot in the free time for curative or kill so when they come round upending downtown descending to drown in blood where we pound them into the ground devout to profound time out now that sounds like what that sounds like surrender no mercy for trembling pretenders they're hurting for friendly defenders we hurt them we make sure they end here we make sure they you end here keep yourself alive keep yourself running you gotta keep yourself alive make sure that you don't get done and if you're looking to survive don't get left out in the cold or the devil gonna take your soul you gotta keep yourself alive keep yourself running you gotta keep yourself alive make sure that you don't get done and if you're looking to survive don't get left out in the cold or the devil gonna take your soul brothers let us pray lord light the way for our souls, we're gonna fight today to drown the night away to do what's right and may. The losing legion in the locals lose their lives to pay. The butchers build the fray, predators push to prey. They'll see humanity that came to play, and then without delay, the slave returned to slay. It's in our DNA to rise and save the day. No mercy. Fuck no sleep time, boys. Gonna bring this fucker up to Mars. Stole their tech, and now we got these toys. Slaughter suckers with their earning scars. Run the neck, got a noose with a motherfucking name on it. I cannot pronounce. Now we gonna cut them loose. It's their last supper pain coming. We'll drain every ounce. All right, once again, that was Never Safe, Never Alone, the XCOM tune from Disc Space, the 2015 release. You can find it at DeathStarHipHop.BandCamp.com. Wrong. Okay, you can't find it there at all. <laughs> you can find it at DeathStarHipHop.com. Or, or <laughs> MySpace.com. <laughs> Friendster.com. Slash. Okay. You can find it at DeathStarHipHop.com, or if you don't want to go to our main website and click on music to get there, you can find it on DeathStar.Bandcamp.com. Okay. Literally the only place where we're not Death Star Hip Hop, because it was available, we took it. <laughs> okay. So, uh, one quick thing before we get back to Death Star. Uh, we should do a uh, just a little quick film festival update, right, Gord? Sure. Let's do a film festival update. The uh, submissions continue to arrive daily. Uh, we are Submit. working. That's right. Send your stuff, man. We want to see Send your, your things to us. Uh, we currently have four different platforms. You can submit through Film Freeway, through Without a Box, through Click for Fest, and through... Festom. That's it. Festom. That's right. Go. All right. So you can submit through any of those things. Also, we do have waivers. If your film is shot in the Pacific Northwest... You don't have to pay. If you are, have had a film in a previous Bone Bat Film Festival, you don't have to pay. And if we actually go out and talk to you and say, hey, submit your film. We really love you. We want this film in here. You don't have to pay. You don't have to pay. So that's uh, the scoop on that. Uh, we are currently working with our artist who uh, we won't unveil that quite yet. But I got to say, we saw, uh, we're getting close on the final art, and I thought it was really fucking cool. Oh, uh, yeah, it's taking shape. I mean, originally it was a little bit more than pencil scribbles on a cocktail napkin, or possibly something Steve wiped his face with. I'm not even sure. And now it's like ink on paper, and it's And it looks cool. fucking badass. I can't yeah. wait to be wearing a t-shirt of it. It will be really cool. You so. guys do kind of unerringly find really cool artists to Aww, do your posters. thank you, man. Like, for real, I always really dig your Bone Bat Film Fest art. Well, thanks, because we actually argue about it a lot. 
<laughs> we do. We spend more time dickering over the fine details on these posters than is probably oh, reasonable. When we do album art, that's totally not at all what happens. So we just let <laughs> Steve just, pick it. I just sort of do it. <laughs> I was going to say I identify with you, but like honestly, I see that it goes up and I'm like, oh, hey, that went up. <laughs> that thing happened. Oh, it's a picture of Bill Beats with a beard. That's awesome. <laughs> we didn't even tell Nick. So the last two notes, uh, by the time you hear this show, uh, regular tickets will be on sale. So you'll be able to buy, if you didn't participate in the Kickstarter, you'll still be able to buy a ticket for the film festival at the SIF uh, Uptown Cinema in Seattle. There are lots of seats. It's a much bigger theater. You should buy your ticket. Buy it now. We're selling out. Ah, you're going to not be able to go. It's going to suck. So just buy one. Okay, and the other thing is that if you did participate in the Kickstarter, the surveys are going to go out this week as well. So you'll be able to fill out your T-shirt size, uh, all your pertinence, so that we can get you the swag that you deserve so rightly. So thank you very much for your support, of course. Indeed, thank you. So back to Death Star. So guys, tell us a little bit about the Disk Space EP. Now, this was a kind of an offshoot of your Kickstarter project, no? Uh, not even kind of. It absolutely was an offshoot. We, um, When we did our Kickstarter, we really had eyes that were bigger than our stomach on what we were offering. And, I mean, that's mainly because we're really lazy because we did not overextend what a normal human would be able to produce if they were a content-producing person. But... We're really lazy. So it's been a long time just sitting and gestating and people just getting mad at us for not doing what we said we were going to do. So it's like our normal life, except it's the band. And I like, though, how at least the first thing you did was our theme song. Yeah, well... You know, I, fuck everybody else. The Bone Bad Show got taken care of that on was Front Street. By, that was, by the way, literally the thought process on that. <laughs> like, pretty much like, fuck everyone else. But you know what? We're not gonna let Steven Gord hang on this. Let's go ahead and get that taken care of right away. Just get it right done. the other podcast theme were like the two priorities. Yeah. Weirdly enough, the two songs that's like, oh, so you can perform those live? No. No, not not really. No. No, we don't get to add those to the catalog at all. They're you podcast could. Theme songs. I wouldn't mind. Hey, go for it. I don't care. You have our permission. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe that's gonna weird some people out at a live show someday. You should do it at uh, Crackle Fest. You know so what? Of I'm, course I'm you doing should. That. <laughs> so yeah, okay, cool. We're gonna do it for but uh, this this album, uh, the concept was a specific choice by a good friend of the band Ash. Uh, he really, really wanted an EP made up of songs that were entirely about science fiction themed video games and we uh when we got that proposal we were like well that's cool that's totally up our alley and he's like yeah but i want more tracks than you're offering i want a lot and we actually did more than what was request requested of us because we had so much fun doing it and he picked the games Really? So he got to pick all of the games? He picked every there game? Were, there were a couple extra picks in there, mm-hmm. so we had a little room. But, like, honestly, other than other than Space Rocks, other than the, the, the song that opened it up, and with Space Rocks, he's just like, just pick something classic. And so we were like... Right. I'm like, oh, Asteroid. Like, there's very few games older than that. Right, and, and, and Fallout 4, because it was not even on the horizon when yeah. we started doing this, because yeah. it's that overdue. He picked six titles... Of of those, he pay, he hard picked six of those uh, under his recommendation, and then there were a couple others that were like, he's like, if you'd rather do this one, we're like, no, we're good. <laughs> these, 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 no, we're we're fine. Whatever, it makes no difference to us. 
So yeah, we uh, we've been working on this for a while. Like it's it's actually surprisingly uh, taken us a long time to do. And when we first started doing it, we're like, okay, we're just going to do the best we can with these games that we don't know anything about and try to make a quality product. And we got about three songs in before we were like, wow, we're doing a really good EP here. This is maybe we should pay more attention to what we're doing because this isn't the normal cast off Death Star Fair. This is actually something people might like to listen to. And uh, Bill Beats was like, yeah, whatever. And so we worked really hard on it. Well, and I like the fact that using video game music on a couple of the cuts, right? Oh, no, no. All uh, of them. On that, ev- everything. For asteroids. Like, okay, so, so specifically StarCraft for me and Mass Effect yeah. that like those are songs that have drilled into my brain over tens and in some case, so hundreds of I hours. I want to talk about yeah. using the And so immediately you're rapping over songs that we know in our bones, and that's pretty fucking cool. I want to talk a little bit about Mass Effect. Mass Effect was really interesting um, musically. So a lot of that, you'll hear game soundtrack, and then you'll hear other stuff because sometimes the music doesn't have like enough of a like a straight-up melody to, to rap over, or it would sound too samey because these are all space epics, so a lot of times they're very score-driven type things. Um so, uh, Bill Beats and I are sitting and listening to the soundtracks of all of the Mass Effects, um, which is a laborious thing. And this is after cosplay, and I, I sat and listened listen to all, all of the, the soundtrack. So and six so, weeks later, yeah, so. no, no, oh God, you wish. Uh, <laughs> months later, but we've made a short list, which is really, really long, of the tracks we'll, cons- we'll consider. And, and, and so Bill Beats and I are trimming, and he's like, "I like this one," or you know, there's the uh, um, there's the Spectre theme, which is the song that yeah. everybody knows that I'm rapping over, and then then it's actually Talia's theme. That th- the 3P is rapping over uh, as the backdrop of that. Of and course, I, I knew that. Yes, because you played so much Mass Effect. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. Um, and uh, yeah, but Bill Beats is like, I want to do both of these. And he actually drove like the cons. Like I didn't, we didn't really have exactly what we were gonna rap over it. And so he's like, What if you're basically just rapping Shepard, making different choices? You know, I broadened it a little so bit. So Paragon. Paragon, Renegade. Yeah, it, Again, from a guy who has not played Mass Effect in any way. I should no, jump in here and say, for, for those who think for those who think that literally the only thing that Bill Beats contributes is making beats for us and does not have the, you know any other influence on the creative aspect, you might be surprised at the number of songs whose concepts and uh, direction he actually is influenced. I don't know why... He tries so hard to be a member of this band, but I do appreciate it because it's less work for me. <laughs> but uh, not less work for cosplay. He already puts in nothing. So then we're we're mixing it at the at the end of the process after we've wrapped everything. He appropriately punished me by making me be there for all of the mixing process for this entire album. Um, so he mixed it, and he's like. I'm like, I don't know how these are going to transition. And he's like, no, I got this. And I'm like, well, I can get this quote from uh, Martin Sheen and, and it'll sound right in it. And, uh, and, and he's like, he's like, no, I got this. And, and then, and it came out and I'm just like, oh my God, that's an amazing transition between two not in the same key at all or BPM or anything pieces. And uh, yeah, it was a really exciting, fun. That, that was, there was a lot of that on this one where there was like, 
people had to pick up weird roles in this more so um, other than Nick's standard role of making it good. <laughs> that, that is Bill Beat's job in the band is like, all right, take this shit we've created and turn it into something. <laughs> Anything. And the fact that we have fans at all is entirely his fault. <laughs> yeah, this was definitely a, a weird project just in the, the time frame because we were doing the beats during the same time that I was doing the project with Chefs. We were doing Boomers. So the feeling has a lot of the same kind of power and bass to it, but different because of video game stuff. It is funny how those albums become siblings. Yeah. Being completely disparate projects, and yet people who listen to them together in the future will be able to pick stuff out because it's so obvious. It's so obvious when Bill Beats gets in a mood and <laughs> learns something about about a, a program. Uh, the, and wh what's really funny to me is that um, you know, for us, we consider this an EP. It is an album length project for anyone else. And we totally look at it as an EP because our albums are 21 tracks long. Always. Every time. Uh, this is an album-length EP, and it really sounds like it's the next Death Star album in sequence. We have obviously grown as artists somehow, despite not thinking oh. of ourselves and feeling ourselves as artists. Except for Bill Beats, who deserves that. About cousins having sex with cousins. You know what? If we revisited that theme, it would probably be a better song. I don't know. I don't know. Fourteen bars. Fourteen bars. You know what? I'm maybe maybe we can't top ourselves there. Maybe there are limits. But uh, what's cool about this is going on the beats. Um, it sounds initially like what we did was pull from soundtracks of most of the games, and then some stuff we just kind of went off book. But there's some tracks like uh, the Gulf, which is the Star Citizen track, where that track is literally from a fan-made, crowdsourced soundtrack to a game that doesn't exist it is as far as people who are really into star citizen who will never ever get to play their game uh are concerned <laughs> so true. from the soundtrack of that game and we really felt the track when we heard it we're like this is really good whoever did this is never going to get the credit they're due for how much effort they put into this they put way more effort into this than we ever put into yeah. anything i will say their mix their fan-made composition score um and the artist's name escapes me right now but their fan-made composition score is much more listened to on soundcloud than the official pieces that have been released wow. for their soundtrack because they obviously have a good hand it immediately felt epic that yeah the, the star citizen people would be wise to go listen to that and consider just commissioning it because obviously the music's been made yeah. And they should take our track, too, because um, I'm going to go ahead and reveal this to the audience. This is a secret. It's a secret about that track. Okay. Uh, that track may be Nerdcore Hip Hop's first homosexual love song. Yeah. And, and that what's funny about that is you, look, you can look at me and be like, oh, that's funny. No, no. It's very serious. 100% true. Very serious. That's a serious track, and it's about two guys in the future separated by time and space trying to get back to each other. I know. How progressive of us. <laughs> and one of them's black. <laughs> Race is not me. That's not true. Neither of us would ever sound black on the track. We we wish if Cloth and Pop had guested on the track, maybe. But uh, but but realistically, like we when we approach this, it, it touches on an important subject. When we approach this project, 
the most important thing to us was that we take a perspective for each of the tracks that we were asked. Uh, because so many people who are writing about a topic, especially uh, in fandom, uh, be it TV show, video game, book, film, what have you, uh, just tell the story. They're basically like, hey, this is the story of Super Mario Brothers and go through the basic premise. We always take a standpoint. We, we always <laughs> right deep story of Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> Plumbers and tunnels and pipes. I'm sure there was a hip hop song Whatever. in the Super Mario Brothers soundtrack. Oh, I, I can rap it for you. Don't you remember the theme song in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't rap it for us. No, I won't do it. <laughs> Captain Lou Albano, though. Rest in peace. With Death Star, the Death Star difference as cosplay would say, is that we take we take a standpoint, a perspective, we're storytellers, we take something that strikes us about the topic, and we explore that. Uh, when we did our StarCraft song, we decided to, ch- to go from the angle of the voice in the darkness. That was important to us. Like, what is it about this property that is interesting to us? And we went that route, and we, uh, we portrayed that angle. For XCOM, we really wanted to do a bravado soldier song. Uh, a lot of these tracks t- uh, take that tack. For Fallout, we did humorous tracks that were very self-referential, and I love Fallout to death, so it was really easy for me to do. Uh, though the Fallout 4 track was an interesting uh, exercise because we wrote it before the game was released. For all of that, having a point of view was super important, and drawing inspiration from the theme of the music was super important, and it really showed in how the product came out, and I feel like it displays... About as good as we are right now. It's, 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 it's about the best we have to offer. It's, yeah, for the most part, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. That's really that's really disheartening to me. But um, Yeah, but I mean, like, it doesn't make it an, a lie. It, it doesn't make it a lie. It just makes me a little... A sad. lot about Death Star is disheartening to me. Don't worry. I, f- I fail myself and my son every day. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, why don't we listen to another tune from that release, then? If we have to. Yeah, let's do it. I, you know... As I've said on the show uh, many, 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 many times, Mass Effect's one of my favorite video game properties of all time. So let's check out this track, Command or Conquer, an epic tune from Disk Space by Death Star. Do it. Yeah, they call me commander Seems the plan for me was to set the new standard Sure, I'll herald the banner Whether wearing alliance or elusive freelancer To crash the collectors and dash the defectors A specter inspector to smash the infectors First I thought I was a prophet's receptor But soon I connected, I was December And would they even remember? Would my codex entry paint me as a mender? I tried to do better, I tried to stay tender Was I really meant for the role of defender? Spared the Ragni in the end, Genophage had to fade, though it cost me a friend. They died by the blade, chose Caden over Ashley. SR one's a grave, cause I acted too brashly. And it weighs on me. Why was I saved when others were left? Men have paid for me, tried to make the right choices, but I'm filled with regret. They call me suicidal, but I brought them all back. Reapers, genocidal, unified for attack. I was bound to attract some questionable characters. Tactics, didn't heroics, my heavier. 
Like an elf or I can show my terror I can fuck up when I hack but in this I can't error I've endangered everything I care for But existence needs resistance not just empty prayer So from Sarah poser barren pro I tear them hope it's over no no bearing Go to scare them but aware not what the broker knows I care not but to break their nose and spare Not the fate of ghosts it came to blows the sovereign rose But gross the bows I found my foe that's how it goes From soldier now to legendary Since I wish to wash myself but only bathe incendiary In my thoughts I bought a bit of kindness and a bit of caring If my path had changed how would those laws still be faring? How would those laws still be faring? How would those laws still be Condemned to pretend I'm second to him Betrayed in a day and the council rescinds They're so fucking dim Resigning and whining of evidence Pining is evident crying The revenant trying and hesitant Pying for precedent Dying to rest of the shining The pest within spying The deadly sun sighing I cannot win Fuck them The Normandy Bequeath to me I'll make them see Their fortune son No loyalty He's just deceit I'll make him bleed Make him gasp A volus breath I set to task I'll never ask I'm in command Rip him apart Biotic blast The past behind me A handful of misfits Ballistic and grimy Sure they can try me with Rex out of line. Hope he don't mind dying. I'd leave without question. Far from a blessing. Don't second guess this materian butcher in bed with a Prokorosaurian hookers. I'll save the whole citadel. Call me a pusher of progress. I will relieve the reapers of the murdered fate. You best believe not even death will end my reign. My line won't break. Cerberus would thrust me toward agendas thinly veiled. Hate elusive man's got secret plans, but I'm the one with all the weight. Pass through the gate, collectors took some allies' lives. In wartime, some will die by Costs are worth it when our world's the prize Demise will bring the end of time Brian, that's bitter on the tongue I'll dine with wine with Dr. Chocolates As we refine the things we've done The fights we've won The quarry and cost was a loss that they laid out themselves The dying sun The murderous man and Miranda brought me back from hell Lived by the gun The veteran and master were cast for betrayal But held the only one by chance or by destiny They put their trust in me, grant us a quest and need the best of means Do little when the end winds up a failure Starship sailors on a storm of choices None were ever tailored jailer of a dark experiment or two i've lost my count most of those mistakes disappeared in past decisions i've told out so no without a doubt i shot my cloud across the burning skies the relays fried and compromised i let the chips fall where they lie i let him die anderson and with that i then said goodbye the cycle ends it bends to me immortal now in blackest sky Alright, once again, that was Command or Conquer by Death Star. Now, you wanted to talk a little bit about the writing of that one? Uh, well, I'll, I'll cut in. Cause well, I, I do want to start because it's one of those rare opportunities for me to actually give you credit for something you oh, okay. did. Okay, if you want to give me credit. For yeah, um, <laughs> there, there, there's an amusing trend on this EP that you only get if you know Death Star really well because, of course, no one disses on Death Star like Death Star. Uh, that is. Our, uh, our stock in trade in this band is just trashing on each other. In fact, Bill Beats gave an interview recently with someone uh, who is a fan of the band where the sole mention of Death Star was a complaint. <laughs> was literally one mention. Tons of mentions of Shubzilla. That's what it was about. That's what it was about. And pride in making that album. And one brief complaint about how his, much uh, work. We're, yeah. There's, what's there's more Death Star work for tracks than I'd like. <laughs> 
is what he said. And I could not have been prouder. <laughs> uh, because literally nothing makes me happier than when Bill Beats gets in on the action and also acts like he hates our band. Uh, but for this particular EP, we joke a lot about uh, one or the other of us, especially me, writing all of the songs and the other one just rapping the lyrics. But on this particular EP, because of the nature of the EP and playing video games and having the knowledge of the property, uh, there were games where one of us knew everything and the other knew nothing. And as it turns out, my favorite track on the album may very well be Commander Conquer, the Mass Effect track that I had zero hand in writing because Cosplay wrote every lyric that comes out of my mouth. And Bill Beats made a brilliant beat that I got to rap over. Quite difficult uh, for me to do, in fact, because I do not rap anything like cosplay. You can all thank me for that, by the way. Um, because I've saved you from that being a reality. But that may be my favorite track on the EP. Uh, conversely, cosplay's favorite track on the EP is stated as being uh, the track about Fallout 3, which is titled Light at the End of the, Light at the, end of the Tunnel, which... I wrote all of. I wrote every lyric of the I've two of the two Fallout tracks because until recently he'd never played a Fallout game. Every inside reference, every joke, every rhyme written by me, his favorite track. Every line, every inside reference, every rhyme, every twist written by him, my favorite track. So as much as we rank on each other and say that we hate each other, we actually do have a respect for each other's abilities that shows when it comes to our preference for the songs on an EP we made together. That sums it up. <laughs> That's pretty weird. Speaking of which, Gord. Yeah, what? You got any weird stuff this episode? I don't need to have weird stuff this episode. You just need to look a little bit south. I need to look a little bit north. There's Oregon right in between us. Dude, what the fuck is going on there? <laughs> Did I hear right on my way over here? Somebody got shot? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I know people got arrested. I, I guess Ammon Bundy got arrested and someone got shot and killed? No. Yeah, that happened today, I guess. Wow, we are informed. The news, you're hearing it now. <laughs> it may or may not be true, but you're hearing it now. Yeah, like now, last I heard, there was some Mormon sumo wrestler that was challenging Chris Christie to put on a diaper and then wrestle for possession of the uh, of the bird sanctuary. You know, I really wish that had happened. Uh, I would actually pay money. To see I thought that. you were going to say for was... possession of New Jersey. That would have <laughs> no. been better. The loser gets New Jersey. God, if only SummerSlam decided a governorship. <laughs> enough wrestlers have been governor. I mean, one is enough wrestlers, right? Really? Has there been more than one? It's just one, right? I think I'd vote for The Rock for president, I have to say. I'm he's, voting for him now. He's a much more charismatic choice than anybody that's on either ticket. Correct. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd, I'd vote I'd sleep with him first. Though. I want to legit feel the burn in the ring at King of the Ring. Like, that's... Did you just say you wanted to feel the burn in the ring? <laughs> ring of fire. <laughs> you know what? I stand by my statement. I'm not going to backtrack. I think ahead. Preparation H. Think ahead. Yeah, so I, I absolutely don't know anything about anybody being shot. 
just south of you, just north of me, but... Shit, if there was only a way to have the entire repository of human knowledge in your hand... Well, here, hold on, let me take this device out that I absolutely... Oregon militia leader Ammon Bundy and several others are arrested. One killed, one injured. Well... God, I hope it wasn't Tarp, man. (laughs) I hope it wasn't the guy that knocked the bag of dicks off the table. No, that guy. That guy is cool in my book. He can go to to minimum security prison. Um, now, now, you guys are all familiar with Tarp Man, right? No. I'm okay, not. so one of the dudes in the militia was literally hiding underneath a blue tarp with a gun. I'm hoping for stealth purposes. And the thing that gets overlooked because he became a meme for a while, and people were talking about, oh, Tarp Man. The thing that gets overlooked in the interview is. As they introduced him, father of nine. That's an awful lot of kids for a man with a gun under a tarp to have. I just That's just my personal opinion. I support people's right to bear arms because honestly going and shooting firearms is really fun. That's the only reason, by the way, just going and shooting guns is fun. I can't think of a single other good goddamn reason for doing it. It's just fun. But a guy with a gun under a blue tarp hiding out to protect his fellows because that camouflages him having nine children that chills me to the bone okay so this is from KATU2 in Oregon uh, Harney County Oregon one person is dead and eight others including Oregon occupation leader Ammon Bundy were detained following a violent confrontation with the FBI and state police Tuesday night it all began with the traffic stop while Bundy and some of his followers were en route to a community center meeting at John Day Senior Center about 70 miles north of Burns Shots were fired after FBI agents, Oregon State Troopers, and other law enforcement agencies made the stop on U.S. Highway 395. Ammon Bundy, Ryan Bundy, Brian Cavalier, Shauna Cox, and Ryan W. Payne were arrested during the stop. Joseph Donald O'Shaughnessy and online talk show radio host Peter Santilli were arrested in Burns. John Ritzheimer was arrested after surrendering to authorities in his home state of Arizona. All of them are facing federal felony charges of conspiracy to impede officers of the United States from discharging their official duties through the use of force, intimidation, and threats. Oh, good. I'm glad they busted him. And I was getting sick and tired of these guys, like, driving out to go shopping or go to meet in the community center or something. Internet, please like, send us back. snacks. <laughs> yeah. Out to get snacks. And then just I thought you said sacks of dicks. Oh, Seriously, Snacks and kicks. Those are different things. I can picture the Onion headline now. Rednecks do what rednecks do for arrested. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I don't is know. this all a promo for that new show about the like mountain hillbillies that's out there? This is all stuff. Outsiders. Is that what it is? Is this a promo for outsiders? <laughs> I, I think it may be. I just I, I liked how initially. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna siege this wild bird center that's frozen in you know in the off season in the middle of winter with nobody there. Huge victory. And the government was like, okay. <laughs> it's cold. I hope you brought blankets. We forgot snacks. Oh, good. We we know you where you are. <laughs> Great. Two weeks max till we we arrest somebody. We'll awesome. You, we'll get you after the spring thaw. Have fun, kids. I don't want to get terribly political on this. I just like to point out ironies. Um, I do love that the stated purpose for these guys is they're you know they're libertarian conservative militia 
and the 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 big point is that they want their rights. And, uh, yeah, to, to graze cattle on public land. Uh, graze cattle on public land, land yeah, and also yeah. they're fighting for the rights of people to set fires on gov- public land who don't want their help and whatever. Like, all of that stuff, It's this is all like, we want the rights that are that are given to us, and we, we w- you know, and the laws should protect the rights that we're given. And it's really heavy picking and choosing. And I'm like, wow, this is like the Bible thumpers I know who are so, like, Gay people are terrible, but also rich people go to heaven. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, they, it, they just kind of picked and f- chose a, a couple of their favorite laws. Like it would be like really nice to be the, the director of the community stage play in which everyone goes to heaven, right? Where you're like, oh, we're not doing scene five and act two because I just don't agree with it whatsoever. <laughs> no, let's I, just do more of how rich people are great. Well, but the, the the whole thing of, like, why should they have, you know, it, by some measure, these are rich ranchers. They own thousands and thousands of head of cattle. So they're wanting the right to exploit public lands for their own profit in the same way that a corporation would want to. And in, in all of this arguing, it's really like, we're sovereign citizens and we have rights. We refuse to pay our taxes. <laughs> Uh, all right like the rest of us pay taxes you know that right like i personally like the way they they showed up and said this is all about local community control we don't want the big federal government on our back we want everything to be locally controlled and the locals are all yeah get the fuck out go home literally none of you are from here (laughs) and they're like no we're staying Yeah, so much for local control. Yeah, the whole thing was an exercise in utter douchebaggery. I like the. Did you see the one guy? He complained because the government came and got his foster kids. Yep. And he said, well, that was his main source of income. Yep. (laughs) What? Yeah. My all right, ranch so, barely breaks even. I, I make all my money from having foster children from the government. My my one semi <laughs> so that was like who was working on his ranch. Sounds I guess so. seems legit. Well, you know, yeah, he's got that stipend from fostering kids, and then he's got that back end income from putting them to work. Like for real, it's like when I talk about my son, and people are like, "Oh, your son? That's so adorable." Yeah, I bought this baby cash money. Like that's how that works, but for like for for my perspective on this, uh, in, in looking at it, the part that I really love about it, in them fighting for their rights or whatever, people are all complaining. Like if they were, you know, if they were black, if they were Asian, if they were Middle Eastern, people would talk about them being terrorists. The government would storm in, and I'm like, yeah. The thing though is that the government and the authorities, they're just really not afraid of white people for really good reasons because these people are just jackasses so it's not a matter of oh we're not punishing them because they happen to be white people it's no no like they literally pose no threat they're gonna fuck themselves so let's just go ahead and wait this shit out because this is gonna be hilarious and very few people will be hurt on our side if we wait for them to shoot each other I really think the mentality on this was, this is an utter goat fuck. Let's make sure we're not the ones fucking goats. Yeah, I, I don't think that they were not worried about them because they were white. I mean, that was oh, of course the white not, guy that blew but up the federal building. I, I really think that it's the choice of place, places that they invaded 
was just such a non-threat that it was super obvious that these were people who had no serious intentions other than garnering attention. Eight teenagers are holed up in a closed-down remodeling Taco Bell. <laughs> God damn it, that Taco Bell needs to reopen soon. I want to eat my tacos. I know the Taco Bell you're talking yeah, about. We both live near it. And it's fucking driving me nuts. It's killing me. I want my Taco Bell back. It didn't need to be remodeled. It needed to serve burritos. That's what pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong segment. Anyway. Oh, yeah, this place is actually less important than where Steve and I grew up, and that's really saying something. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, uh, so I'm glad they got him. I'm sorry somebody got killed, but I'm glad it wasn't a cop. Agreed. And whew, now I can go back to watching birds in eastern Oregon. Well, speaking of guns, hey, Bill Beats, let's talk a little bit about your other recent project uh, you alluded to when we were talking about the Death Star music, Boomers, which you released with Shubzilla at the uh, fourth quarter of last year. Uh, How did that project come together real quick? Um, So me and Shubs have been working on music for a while, honestly, Um, on and off. we, We did our first project, which was actually a pretty long 10 well 10 tracks a little bit longer than the than the last one that we did and it was it was different because i was kind of giving her beats that i enjoyed and i was trying to get her to rap on them and she's a lot more aggressive than a lot of the beats that i gave her around the the first time around so the second time was very much like okay i'm gonna give you aggressive beats and i want you to yell on all of these beats (laughs) and we just want anger and and that's where we went with this one. So it, it kind of came from... Well, it's definitely a much darker release. I mean, Absolutely. if you were expecting a sequel to Hello Kitty Swag, <laughs> you were in for a sad, no, rude awakening. not even a little bit. You got your ass kicked around the block with this one. <laughs> exactly, yeah. This this whole album is very... It's There's a lot of murder all the way across from, from beginning <laughs> to end. <laughs> Um, which is fun though I think uh, it pushed me into a position of beats that I've never really made before I don't really make angry beats per se Um, a lot of my stuff's a lot smoother and soft so it was kind of fun to to push that and then yeah we just kind of learned as we went went through a few different mics for her specifically to get Mm -hmm. her sound right Um, I think a lot of it too was me trying to learn how to mix an album in that range that's in that anger and a lot of bass which helped me mix the disc space album because it's really bass heavy as well so um, just kind of learning my my space with it all so yeah but to me it was also you were a lot of times your stuff is more, I guess, I wouldn't want to say busy, but there's a lot going on orally. You'll have sounds coming in through the left and going out the right, and you'll have like a little more scratching and things like that. And these were very sparse beats in a lot of ways, where it was really leaving just the platform for shoves to go wild. You weren't doing a lot of embellishment around that. With the exception of Necklace. I think Necklace is a little more lush tune. So but some of the other ones were definitely much more Spartan. So Bill Beats also learned that unlike Death Star, he doesn't have to like cover shubs up with stuff. <laughs> so like you can just let that breathe and people are like, Oh, rap. But like when there's it's like the more complex a track is, the more disliking it Bill Beats is okay. when he hears it now. Also he didn't make necklace for her. That's just an accident that she got that track. Yeah, that was actually just a it was a VPC track. Yep. Um, and my vocalist didn't give me any vocals for it. 
So I submitted it as an instrumental, and then Steve crushed me because he's like, "This is a, this doesn't count." Voted very highly by the audience, though. Listening audience. Yeah, people liked it. Steve just didn't want me to win. It didn't have any vocals on it. It didn't have vocals to count. But the good thing, though, is it turned into something that is that people love for some reason. Live, it's it's almost it's I want a baby too in a sense because it has the energy that that mm. song has. So it's kind of it's really the dark side of that coin, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and of course it's it's got a video. Exactly. That features yeah. a member of Death Star that is not you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so weird. He didn't tell me what the video was about. Like, I knew it was for Necklace. And then he's like, just show up. And I'm like, in like regular clothes? And he's like, yeah, bring a belt. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen the video, Cosplay gets what's coming to him. <laughs> True. Yeah, so that, I mean, that album was supposed to be different. And I think... Uh, we went into it. Obviously, we have a somewhat big following in nerdcore, mainly because I obviously I'm coming from Death Star, which is nerdcore. She came up in VPC, which is a nerdcore competition. So, you know, that's where our primary fans are. But I think a lot of our goal with it was for it to not be a nerd project. Yeah, so, I, I, I don't get that feeling at all. No, I do love that the, the, the nerd community embraces it anyway because they just love the two of you. Absolutely. But it's almost throwback to, you know, a lot of the sort of violent hip-hop albums of the 80s and 90s where exactly. it's a lot of, you know, a lot of fronting and a lot of violence. Yep, exactly. Or threats of violence anyway. Yeah, yeah. we're both soft. We're not, we're not killing anybody. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, definitely. It was supposed to be kind of a throwback project. It was kind of what I grew up listening to in a sense um, and a lot of what I've been pushing on her I, I don't know if you've listened to like Run the Jewels or any of that kind of current hip-hop that's underground but yet it has a really good following on the internet for those of you who don't listen to hip-hop very often Run the Jewels may be a surprise because that is but both of the Run the Jewels albums one and two they appeal to people outside of the hip-hop community on a surprising level, it's really good music. Yeah. <laughs> very aggressive, very aggressive, very bass heavy. So she had been listening to a lot of that at the time. So I was like, okay, well, let's just kind of take that route and kind of go that direction with it. So I'm very happy with the way the project came out. Um, but now it, it becomes a thing of, do we continue to make all of our albums like that? Or do we switch up and do something different? Um, I definitely believe aggression with her voice works very well. I think her audience agrees as well. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to try to you know, continue that. We have a couple more projects in the works as well. So. Alright, well let's listen to one of my favorite cuts from that release. This is 9mm. Always 
more out there for me If you wanna cuss and connive Come at me, bring your crew I'll snap and impair you And incinerate y'all alive And tragic and I don't need a be So down with your racket and how you talk to me I'm living for the art vibes and my family Unless that I check you ain't from the same tree I don't need association with the cunty mindset On my continuation of my daily grind Waste time I beg to differ Music making keep me hither And my movement getting sicker You look angry hella bitter Blazing past you eating dust I own the whip you take the bus I'm getting down you fucking up I'm squatted out Once again, that was 9mm from Boomers by Shubzilla and Bill Beats. You can find it at noirgrime, right? .bandcamp.com. Yes, and or noirgrime.com. Bill Beats, I have a question to ask you on the air. No. You know the question I'm going to ask, too. All right. If I ever do put out the Rook the Rhymer EP, are you going to let it be on noirgrime? That's a good question. Depends on how good it is. Oh, <laughs> man's got to have you're, standards. You're making the beats and mixing and mastering the EP. And Cloth and Pop is making the other beats. But on the other hand, he doesn't really like you. That's irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like him either. So he might do it just out of That's spot. untrue. By the way, the, the funniest thing that happened to me recently, my older brother is named Nick as well. Bill Beats' real name is Nick. I know. It doesn't make any sense to the audience at home. Just go with me. And I was talking to my son, who's six, and uh, and I had said, yeah, you know, your Uncle Nick, my older brother, Nick. And he looked at me, and he thought about it for a second, and he said, Bill Beats? And I was like, no, but closer to accurate than you might think, because my brother and I are not close, but Bill Beats and I are life partners. <laughs> we recently took a test on Facebook, all three of us, to find out who our Facebook uh, soulmate was. Cosplay got me. I got Bill Beats. Bill Beats got me. <laughs> some things are meant to be, and some things are accidents. Forever alone. Why don't we talk a little bit about uh, some multimedia triage, huh, guys? Yeah, let's do cool. it. So where, where do you want to start, Gord? Well, I'll start with me, because I've been watching, partly because of you, partly because you recommended it, Steve, I've been watching... Uh, Quite a bit of Wild West torture porn lately. Because <laughs> it's watched, good stuff. 
I watched The Hateful Eight, Bone Tomahawk, and The Revenant. So let's start with Hateful Eight. So did you see the 70mm Roadshow, or did you see it just regular at the cinema? I saw the vanilla version, the vanilla three-hour version of, uh, of Hateful Eight. And it was still wonderful. It was great. I loved it. I saw the, the 70 millimeter roadshow, which was pretty damn cool. So you went in advance. They had a, like a, the overture playing with like a slideshow on the screen. And then you saw it on double wide. We were at the IMAX in Lincoln Square. And then uh, there was an intermission in the middle of it. They gave you a program, like a printed program, 16 page program, which was cool. And uh, I thought it was a great film experience. I'm kind of a sucker for Tarantino, but yeah. uh, I, I thought it was a it, I, for a three hour film. I was really I was not bored at all. I no, only want to trump that on principle, not because I can do it. Uh, I have a cousin who has evolved into a Hollywood douchebag. He's a production <laughs> assistant. By the way, Jeff, if you're listening to this, what the fuck, dude? I didn't even tell you, but. Uh, he, he's he's actually pretty great, but he has totally become a Hollywood douchebag. He is a production assistant and a producer on films, and he saw that film in the workshop mode when they were showing it in Los Angeles to potential buyers back when it was an unfinished film. Wow. And he provided everyone in my family over Christmas with a bunch of uh, review copy films, so I have nothing bad to say about him. But except that he's a Hollywood douchebag. Except that he's a Hollywood douchebag. But I fucking love him, but he's a Hollywood douchebag. But see, you think that that's a bad thing when I say it, but I'm like 100%. I'm like, someday I'm going to leverage this when Death Star takes itself seriously enough. So when I'm 50 and he's producing actual films, I'll be like, hey, I want to be in a movie. And he'll be like, you're bald and fat. Uh, but uh, but your song might be in the soundtrack. And I'll still be making hip-hop because I don't know when to quit. Uh, it's not a matter of never quitting. It's a matter of not understanding. But uh, he told me... I, I understand. This is I know. episode 139. Cheers <laughs> about that. I'm like, that's a lot of episodes of a podcast. <laughs> Have you reaped any kind of return? No. We, we're going to put you in the band. Well, the, <laughs> the real return that we get is having very famous rap groups visit my second bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say three nice things, and I'm going to say them all in a row. Number one, I really like your house, so I, I think it's a very nice house. Uh, number two, we've done many, many podcasts, and I hope no one who does the other ones is listening because I really like this one the most. And number three, there is no kind of fan I love more than the people who are like, I heard you first on the Bone Bat show. Oh, my God. Absolute <laughs> best fans. By the way, Grant, we love you. We know you're listening. He's not the only one. He's just top of the list. Grant the rest of you guys, step up your game. Be like Grant. Show up to Florida at the same time. You know, it was Grant's birthday time. recently. Happy birthday, Grant. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Grant. Grant has seen me mostly naked. Uh, but uh, <laughs> was this a birthday gift? <laughs> we were in Florida. When in Florida, fuck Florida. Uh, all right, so having said those those nice things, and, and my, my well, not really, uh, and my cousin being a Hollywood douchebag, he said, and I stand by it, The Hateful Eight was one of the best movies of the year, 
that very few people are going to give the credit it deserves because it is not the single actor tour de force that something like The Revenant is. Because Tarantino plays to his entire cast, always and forever. What's funny about that is uh, most of us thought after Pulp Fiction, watching Jackie Brown and especially watching Four Rooms. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I would say Jackie Brown was more tragic than Paul. Yeah, but I liked Jackie Brown, but I understood it as the fall-off point. We were like, okay, Tarantino's done. And Django was his big, okay, you are legit, that most people saw in Glorious Bastards and were like, well, this is pretty good. He was like, the Hateful Eight just proves to you that Tarantino absolutely and 100% knows what he's doing. And I will add the caveat, except for when he's being interviewed by anyone. <laughs> Because, oh my God, does he come across poorly in person. Don't ever let him talk about his relationship with the black community. Ever. I have nothing to add. Uh, yeah, okay. So did you like the film, Gord? Love the film. And this this is going to be nitpicky. One of the things I, I really double plus extra fucking loved about that film was how it seemed cold like the people in that movie Dang seemed it. colder than the people in the revenant i mean that that was like he really captured that visceral cold that's like insulting it's so cold it's just bullshit cold i thought he did just a great job with that among many many other things in that film yeah uh, i was i was listening to the nerdist podcast where they were interviewing tim roth and he, he was talking about how they filmed it in a freezer so yeah. that was all legit. They were freezing their ass off the whole oh, time. No kidding. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, because I, I watched that movie and I got cold. And you know when you're walking through the snow and you keep sinking up to your crotch and the snow is not fun at all? It's like a nemesis. Like, it, it really captured that. No, that I stay indoors like bullshit. a human. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly you've never lived in Michigan or Wairika. So I lived in Nebraska and I stayed the fuck inside like a okay. human. <laughs> like a bear. So we, we talked about Bone Tomahawk last episode. You like that we as did. well, I take it? Oh yeah, Bone Tomahawk was uh, yet more uh, cowboy torture porn, but it was still it was a fun movie. Wasn't it was the, a, it wasn't was a the, movie. Wasn't the dialogue just fantastic in that film? <laughs> it really was. It was great. There, there was so much to like about that movie. You were absolutely right, and I would have missed that movie were it not for you. And so the Revenant I haven't seen yet. So why don't you talk Honestly, about that? Honestly, the Revenant is my my least favorite of those three. I mean, it was. I a keep good hearing movie. that. But I, it's the kind of movie that I go, yeah, it was good, but I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. It was. It uh, does serve more as a pedestal for Leonardo DiCaprio than it does as a uh, a platform for a film, doesn't it? You know, make when they made that film, they got a little overwrought. They they did some neat things with the camera repeatedly. Where you go, oh yeah, they're gonna do the the shot through the trees now. Yep, there it is. Don't 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 art film a middle brow film. It never goes over. <laughs> That's why he's not gonna win. Um, can I can I take it down for a minute and just a minute and de dork this conversation real quick and oh, ask Jesus. if anyone's ever read any Louis L'Amour? Yeah, sure. Uh, oh God, as a as a teenager. Yeah, really. Both of you guys. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I haven't um, read a ton, but I read some uh, kind of as I was discovering Elmore Leonard's Western stuff. Well, great. And then I went back and read a couple of Lamore's things. Yeah, Lamore, um, for all that he's the Stephen King of the Western, uh, really knows his stuff. And here's the key: 
in films like The Hateful Eight, like Bone Tomahawk, like The Revenant, I am oft reminded of Last of the Breed. And if you've not read it, that's fine. But if you have, then you'll totally understand what I'm talking about. But any Lamore reading will understand. Uh, Lamore places a great emphasis on environment and uh, and man's helplessness toward his surroundings, uh, which is never more apparent than in the frontier era. Not even the Western, we're talking frontier era. In making these sorts of films, uh, I really find that the principles that he embraced in writing are best translated in film, like in The Hateful Eight, where if the cast can get across how frozen it is wordlessly in their behavior, but more importantly, in the delivery of the dialogue, you'll buy it and you'll be there. But if they're showing you the entire time, like they do in The Revenant, how cold it is, and you're not getting that impression from their everyday behavior, you have to go to that let's pretend school of, all right, I'm watching a movie and it's obviously very cold. Let's see where this goes. I know. It's an esoteric point. <laughs> Indeed. Now, wasn't, wasn't Louis L'Amour like, paid by the word anyway? And that's one of the reasons why it wasn't a coyote running up a hill. It was a... A scraggly, dirty, mangy coyote running up a desolate, bleak. I wish I could be that kind of whore because it's a really lucrative way to do business. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, Western torture porn watched, uh, I think, as much as I can stand for now. It was it was a fun little jag I went on. But uh, honestly, I think that's that's about enough for now. I watched. I watched the Star Wars movie, Steve. Did you well, watch let's, the let's talk movie? about Force Awakens a little bit. Has everybody seen it? And yeah. Bill Beats is not uh, going to watch Beats it. Bill Beats hasn't seen it. Bill You're Beats is not going to watch it. So, Don't spoil the fuck out of it here All right. in a second. So. I need to point this out. Bill Beats was born way after the Star Wars films. He only really saw them recently. It doesn't fucking matter. Okay. We're Even here s- solely to ruin it, it. Ignore him. It doesn't matter. What do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> the first movie I put in when my daughter was born in the hospital room was A New Hope. I've had more aborted attempts to watch A New Hope with my son than anything else. I try. You talk about aborted and your children kind of in the same Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to lie about the reality. Like, I am who I am. But uh, I've tried watching that movie with him more than I've tried watching anything else. And he just wasn't ready and wasn't ready. And now he's finally ready, and he's still putting me off. He's fucking with me. (laughs) It was great to watch a Star Wars movie that, that didn't suck. After the previous three, I had very, very low expectations. Been a long time, huh? like watching a Niners game. (laughs) <laughs> as long as these guys go out and make a first down, I'll be like, hey, good. Good job, guys. I realize you all met in the Lowe's parking lot, you know, a week ago, and now you're a football team. And I, I had that same sort of like, eh, whatever. I'm going to see something, and probably if I see anything good, it's going to be better than the last Star Wars movie I saw. So, so I was Chip, really pleasantly surprised by is this Is Chip Kelly J.J. Abrams? I think so, Or yeah. is Chip Kelly... Kevin Smith. (laughs) (laughs) 
All I know is that instead of having one of those big stuffed miners as their mascot, they're now just going to roll a flaming dumpster out on the field. <laughs> <laughs> it seems more appropriate for the you team. Were, you guys were so close to getting rid of Kaepernick, and now it oh ain't going to happen. It's, it is killing me. He but tries to get out, like, and you pull him back in. You're not getting rid of him. Chip okay. Kelly's like, we got to keep him. So let's uh, re re guide ourselves back to Star Wars. And <laughs> I just want to talk shit about the 49ers. Let's get back to business. <laughs> All right, Force Awakens. So I I sat there with a big stupid grin on my face for the first 15 minutes as I, I, I you know, I just forgot all about it. And there were two things, of course. There's a major death. I, I'm being nice to Bill Beats. There's a major death in it that kind of pissed me off because it was like, ah, oh, fuck, really? It's Luke the Skywalker? old guy. Fuck you, Bill did, Beats. Did, did you have to do that? Did you have to do that to my favorite character? God damn it. And then there's R2-D2. There's this thing with him. Mm. R2-D2 Machina that kind of pissed me off. But so, that was my only nitpick throughout so the whole film. Droids get depressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what well, you know? No, okay, that works. Force that works in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He's depressed. Don't remind me that Alan Rickman is gone. That's not <laughs> oh, nice. I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry. Um, so I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna step in here. Um, so obviously, like the rest of America, I enjoyed Force Awakens because it's a good, it's a fun movie. It's fun. Um, and I don't care about ruining the spoilers for Nick. That shit's been out for like he's had holidays to watch that shit. That's that's true. Um, and so I'm not gonna specifically do it, but if I happen to, Nick, eat my dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually liked the death. I was happy that they chose the death. In um, uh, uh, because um, because I feel like three movies of a person that age embodying a character that can't be that age because it only becomes sadder the longer it goes. Um, yeah, would have been nothing left to give, right? Yeah, and, and except his life, which was perfect. Yeah, and I think that that would have been, or like, I wouldn't have minded it if he'd lived, but instead he dies. So I think it's it, it's a it's a safe but accurate choice that they knew would bother all the young fans of. Uh, well, in the same way, Obi Wan getting killed. I mean, the, the, somebody dies in the first yeah, in the first movie of all the trilogies. Qui Gon so, Jinn gets killed. I mean, so it it's always so the wait. guy who wants the least to do with more Star Wars movies. By the way, <laughs> by the way yeah. that's <laughs> always who it is. So, so it felt it felt formulaic. It, it almost well, felt so like they spun the wheel and they said, "Okay, that's the guy. So that's if, the if person." If you were to separate, and this is an important thing to do with these films, if you are to ignore the prequels, which is very audibly specifically with everyone in the cast and creative side of this and director and now executive producer have have said to do which is ignore the prequels so now you're just talking about the original trilogy and the follow-up you have a need for something that george lucas actually refers to a lot which is you have that need for that harmony, that parallel sort of storytelling. They rhyme. I mean, they rhyme, uh, which is a terrible way of explaining it. But, um, but George Lucas does refer to it, and he wasn't wrong there. It's just for him, there was no parallel in the tone or excitement 
or depth or meaning or feeling of loss. And because no one gives a shit about Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one. Because somehow you had that actor. Yeah, it's Red Letter Media put it perfectly. It's Qui Gon Jinn and Obi Wan Kenobi should have been combined into one character named Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi. <laughs> and, and so. But Qui-Gon Jinn could have come back as this Liam Neeson taken walk amongst yeah. tombstones. You should have cast, fucking cast Liam Neeson that would be as awesome. Obi-Wan Kenobi and, and do away with it. And no offense to Ewan McGregor, who I thought was awesome. Just fuck that setup. So I think fuck it. I, I like the death a lot. And... Um, but yeah, you walk out of that room. I got to see it Thursday night at a at a movie theater that doesn't allow children, which was just the best. Because I don't blame kids for wanting to see Star Wars, so mm-hmm. I wasn't going to be like, oh, why are there all these kids here for premiere time? And so I got to see it, and I saw it like really nicely early, so we rolled out of the theater at like 10 o'clock. There were people lined up to see the next showing, and I didn't say anything, of course, because I'm not a complete douche. I just made eye contact and I just nodded at people like, yes, this is the movie you want this movie to be. Mm-hmm. Is it flawed? Sure. There's flaws in it. It's not a perfect film. but there's It was made by J.J. Abrams. It's not going to be perfect. Yeah, but there's flaws in all of the Star Wars movies. The key is when you walk out of it, do you feel like you're going to enjoy watching it again a while down the road? Do you feel like... Or the next one. Or what, the what next happens one. Are next? you looking yeah. forward to the next movie? And it does both of those things exceedingly yeah, well. I legit well, I was it. watching the movie and thinking, I really need to go watch this again. Soon. <laughs> Soon. Well, it's, it's kind of funny because my, my gripes are all about really the old characters. All the new characters are fucking great. Oh, all of absolutely. Them, to a person. Yeah. They're fantastic, and I can't wait to see more of their adventures. Anyone, by the way, complaining about how Rey is a total Mary Sue has ignored Rey's Luke Skywalker. Shit. Rey is absolutely Rey is awesome. You're ignoring how Luke Skywalker is Luke Skywalker. Like, you're just an idiot. Rey is awesome. Also, this episode got lightsaber battles right in a way yeah, that no I'm, other Star Wars ever did. Yeah, the, Better these, than the original those, trilogy. Those were some cool sword fights. Well, I mean, the original Major trilogy sword. had a very formal kendo-like fighting system, which is super boring to watch. And the prequels had a very flashy wire-foo system that just doesn't feel like it belongs in the Star Wars universe. And this had a very naturalistic feel to it where you're like, these are two people who just don't do this very often trying to kill each other, and I totally buy that this is how this plays out. And that, that is brilliant. Yeah, I How do you feel about Star Wars? Bill Beats. Oh, wait, you haven't seen the damn movie! More Ewoks! All right, well, I, I know that a number of you guys are playing Fallout 4 currently. Let's talk about that. Now, I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but uh, I will be. Oh, I will be. I, I highly recommend you set yourself uh, about six months before the release of Mass Effect Andromeda, because I know you're going to jump on that. Oh, yeah. Um, and so am I. And so set about six months before the release of that for you to move through your fallout emotions. As you T- tell your wife. A, I haven't even finished Dragon Age Inquisition. I haven't finished The Witcher. I'm a fucking mess with the big video games. I haven't done shit lately. Tell your wife that you need a little time to figure out who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what it's going to be like. It's going to be like the trial separation that does not result in divorce. (laughs) Um, Fallout 4 is my first Fallout. Um, I've had a problem with Bethesda games in the past because they lack 
the warmth of Bioware games. Mm. And when I say warmth, I mean just humanity. They just lack any. They're very robust. It's like they're written by Tolkien. And so, um, but like, did you? So you felt that way about Skyrim? S- Skyrim, like the little characters are interesting, but any of the main quest is just basically like, yep, chosen one. And, and, and. As I far as twenty hours of Skyrim total, and I never even remotely cared about that universe. I know Steve well enough to know that I can say honestly, until New Vegas, there was not a Fallout game that he would have liked, yeah, it's just and he wouldn't. He will enjoy Fallout Three going back and playing it. Only after playing Fallout 4 and Fallout New Vegas. There's no way for him to start with Fallout 3 and enjoy that and experience. So, so it lacked the warmth. It lacked the meaning. And by giving it that, you take away from some of the openness of Fallout um, and, and a Bethesda game, which is a decision to make. But for me as a gamer, Fallout 4 has been just a gift. Like, to give you a concept... I just did the math before coming here. I have spent an average of three to four hours a day since its release playing Fallout 4. Now, that means I put in about 240 hours. Wow. Um, I just finally got through what is theoretically the end of Act 1 um, because I spent so much time meandering about like you do in a Bethesda game. And I've just had a lot of fun with the world. The combat is fun. The characters are interesting. Do they go hard enough? Do they go like Bioware good? No, no, because that's 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 what they're working toward, not where they almost were anyway. But but like I, you know, I'm gonna go home after this podcast. I'm gonna put in a couple hours on Fallout, and I have never played one game one time through. For 200 plus hours. Inquisition got to 146. Wow. So you blew past that. So I've blown way past that. Because it's just fun. It's a fun game. It's it's interesting. It's clever because it's got all that great Bethesda Fallout Universe lore around it. Everybody's awful, which I like. Um, And uh, yeah, you end up up really liking it. If it's your first Fallout, it's going to be amazing. If it's compared to previous fallouts and you like three, and especially some of the differences between New Vegas and this are pretty drastic, and so there's plenty of complaints to be made about that. Um, I haven't played it, so it doesn't bother me. Um, so it's really good for a first fallout. Yeah, this is my first fallout game as well. I didn't play three, and I'm really digging it. It's it's uh, essentially Skyrim after the apocalypse, but I really like Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, it is essentially the same. I have a question for the both of you, and Gord first and Steve second. So this is your first Fallout playing through. You've been exposed, I'm sure, to the complaints of people who love Fallout, who are like, this is a terrible Fallout game. What is your opinion on the, uh, the topics that they're bringing up where they're like, this is bullshit, this is bullshit? You first. know what? I haven't I I haven't read a single one of those because I don't give a shit. Truly don't. Awesome. Give a I shit. knew that was going to be the case. I'm more objective about how games should be or options. Like I I enjoy a flawed product in many of my things in life. I still eat Wendy's fast food. It is not perfect. Their fries are garbage. Um, uh, I disagree. I like their fries. Well, you're wrong, and your taste buds are wrong. They uh, oversalt their fries. That's fucking great. Um, uh, uh, and and like I enjoy uh, like a Demolition Man every now and again uh, viewing, and it's a flawed product, but it's great in its own way. 
Uh, when I read the things that are upset about Fallout 4, I don't uh, I don't disagree with them. Uh, it lacks karma, which is a real big problem because I like karma. Especially compared to previous Fallout games where it was a major thing. Yeah, yeah, and that's weird that they took that out, but they must Do have Do they replace it with something else? No, no, they just don't have karma in the game. There's just no such thing. There's there's not a reputation, which is a better system anyway. But like like and so that was surprising to Bethesda fans, and they should be surprised. That's a core statement, and most RPGs have moved into that direction. Mm-hmm. So it's weird to see something step out of it. Um, and because of that, that has a domino effect of how lots of the game plays. And there's certain like there's not as much factioning as this game as there is in previous Fallout's. Um, I actually, if you really don't want to go back or don't have time to go back to play the previous Fallouts, there's a uh, YouTube channel called Shoddy Cast that gives you all of the lore on all of the games. You're welcome for that, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Um, and and they're, so they're amazing. The, 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 the production quality of their, their uh, video cast is great. And it's all lore about the history of Fallout as a universe. Wow. I watched it's essentially... Great. 370 so six hours of um of uh podcast like video episode machinima kind of um delivery on that uh in 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 the span of three days like i could not stop watching it it was very (laughs) riveting so but it will turn you into an expert it's it's great all that does for me is make me excited to play new vegas because not only is new vegas different in the way of its location and the fact that it has this, but it's made by a different programming studio. It's made by a different development studio. So, like, it just makes me more enthusiastic for that because I'll get to play all these differences and it won't feel like I'm continuing to play more of the same game. I'd rather Bethesda and Obsidian take drastically different approaches to doing the game to make people more excited to play them versus, say, uh... Uh, Witcher series, which if you didn't like Witcher 2, you will not like Witcher 3. There's just no possible way to to abate what happens in those games, like like evolve those. With Fallout, if you don't like Fallout 4, cool. Oblivion, or, or Obsidian's going to make a game, and it's going to be awesome. I love that he's dominating this conversation, by the way. Fallout. <laughs> there are two Fallout songs on Disc Space. I wrote both of them entirely. Fault. Fallout 4 wasn't out yet. I could write a song now. And I wrote other Fallout songs on top of that. <laughs> and cosplay is dominating this conversation. It's adorable. Well, why don't we listen to one of those tunes right now? Do it. Let's do it. All right. So this is Diamond in the Rough from Fallout 4 from the Disc Space EP. I hope you dig it. It starts with a bang, a boom, a rumbling of doom, a mushroom cloud distilled into neutron perfume. Who's at fault? We assume this assault will entomb us in wombs of basalt or in vaults if there's room. Are we lucky? Oh, fuck me. No cover or ducking. Can buck trends of suck? We're tits up in the muck. Hey, a truck, grab a rail. We'll roll down the veil out of hell into heaven to vault 111. Skip seven or so generations. The nations have fallen and all of our patience for stalling has ended, my friends. It's time we ascended to fend and befriend all those squalling and bawling and squalor. My two cents on pretense since I went to the state of the dollar. In currency's absence, it's madness, but hey, hold the pity. Get the dog and we'll trot all the way to the waste walking city. 
or battery beams. Choose your means, cause your suit's looking frayed at the seams. And the vaults in the rear view of this week Corvega, dragged dead in a ditch by a glitched out bodega. It's bottle caps these days, I hear. Pop open a nuka, there's your change for a beer. No more fussy facade of a bland vegetarian. It's blood battle meat like Rognak the Barbarian. Didn't you used to read those old stories? Well, it's real now. Keep watch for those wild Cazadores, Death Claws and Night Stalkers. So many ways to get dead, it's depressing. Hey, pick up that cool bobblehead. Pip Boy says the Institute's on the horizon. My dad's powerhouse once went there. Hey, let's go surprise him like the dude's still alive, right? Shit, it's getting dark. Make a camp, cause tomorrow we hit Fenway Park. Oh, Flashbacks, I'll hit the memory den. That place is back that away, and we're way out here on the Constitution, floating over Paul Revere. It's a long way behind us, don't pay to remind us. There's no going home if the Enclave boys find us. Neither Fat Boy nor Shish Kebab pack enough heat. If the synths catch our sense, we're both ended. Diamond City's enough of a home for the nonce. Tea parties at the shore with mute fruit and scones. Sunbathing on the gold dome of the state house at noon. While free dog house intros when the Rat Pack boys crew. And I miss hot showers, oodles of clean water, tub wine. But I've got power noodles, neat monsters, sunshine. A little rat away in my rum punch and I'm golden. No gods, no masters, that's the life that I've chosen. Uh, once again, that was Diamond in the Rough by Death Star. Thank you guys so much for sharing your music with us and for coming in and chatting. This has been a blast. Well, our music is like an STD. If you don't share it, it dies. <laughs> Not all STDs. <laughs> Some STDs just wait. <laughs> all right, our usual bullshit. Show phone number is 425-296-6557, or you can reach us via steve at bonehand.com. Bonehand.com is also the home of the Heavy Half Hour on occasion. And you can find my stuff such as it is at mightywombat.com. I got a new cartoon every week, and it seems like the cartoons, because I'm doing that single panel, and I'm doing the series Hitler Balls. Everybody catch up on Hitler balls. There's only like a 25 strips so far. <laughs> Easy to catch up on. And, Get in uh, on that Hitler boss. You got to read it. Balls. It's a brand Funny new web game. cartoon by Gordon. I'm going to go ahead and uh, incentivize this and say if you show up to any Death Star show within my hearing and you say, hey, I'm here for Hitler balls, you're in for free and I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> and that's 100% true. That is no lie. That is fact. 
Thank you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Bonehand over there. We also have a Bone Bat Twitter feed and a Facebook group. Yeah, we do. I post wacky stuff there. Hey, you know what? Over yeah. there on Twitter, I'm Mighty underscore Wombat. That's what I am. Thank you for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Now, Death Star, where can, once again, where can our listeners find your stuff? If by some way one of our listeners doesn't know who you guys are or where your music can be Please found. don't know who we are. Uh, they can go to DeathStarHipHop.com and get to everything of ours there. Um, or deathstar.bandcamp.com or facebook.com slash deathstarhiphop or at deathstarhiphop. But just go to deathstarhiphop.com. It's one site that has all of the links that you need. By the way, follow us on Twitter. I'm really funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, also, if you want to see Death Star um, in the near-ish future, um, we are playing multiple shows. Uh, there's uh, a show on February 28th at the Skydive uh, with Billy the Fridge and Shubzilla. Uh, there's a show uh, in uh, beginning of April during uh, Emerald City Comic Con, Crackle Fest. We're doing that for a third year because Kirby Crackle is our sister band. Brother. Yeah, our brother from another mother with you know, benefits. That is always a great show, guys. I've yeah. been a couple of times, and it's so much fun. It's, it's surprisingly yeah. good every time, even though we're there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's And then there's a show at May 20th at uh, the substation. It's a little far down. Uh, follow us on Facebook to get the updates and any invites on the uh, shows. All right. And once again, you can find Bill Beat's work at noirgrime.bandcamp.com. Accurate? Or billbeats.com, noirgrime.com. All the same place. Cool. Awesome. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that throughout 2016, if you go to the door and say, Bombat says, go to hell, you get into any Death Star show for free. <laughs> Period. <laughs> The largesse on display here is simply amazing. Thank you, I'm guys. I'm a generous person. Again, so much for your generosity and for joining us on the show. Uh, our last song this evening, one last cut from Disc Space. Now, uh, one thing that you might not know about us is that Gordon and I played a fuckload of StarCraft back in the day. This was our go-to game for like two and a half years. Matter of fact, I went on a business trip to London one time. And didn't have a lot of money, so anytime I wasn't just roaming the city exploring, I spent my hotel room playing StarCraft on my lap my work laptop. I had installed StarCraft on and yeah. just mainlined. I you slept are a like true blue four geek. hours a night. Well, that entire trip because I was playing StarCraft or walking around London. So I'm a huge fan of that game and I was thrilled to hear this song. This song is The Voice in the Darkness, previously mentioned from disk space hope you dig it once again i'm steve this is gord have a good one ah you have a good one I 
I was an exile, red-headed stepchild Unwanted to a threat infested us in sectiles Zerg herd hounded and they overran my domicile Murdered my family and they pushed me past my tensile strength Thought I was broken by the drones, home gone prone Worse yet, another unknown Trout us in a conflict, wrong time, wrong zone Sharing bystanders blasted to oblivion, burned wrong Prodigal son turned into a vestment miner Academy done, I'll become a dropship flyer Why not die for something finer from the frying pan to fryer I desire vengeance, any chance for slaughter lit my fire I expire in the effort, turning pyres into deserts Retire with the legacy of everything I bled for Even squire for a Templar ending justifies the mean In this battle for existence, know that no one Hands are clean. Who goes? Point goes. From the in-between places it grows. Living hard up to some of our woes. Who stands? Just man. From the far-flung desolate lands. Bringing light by the strength of our hands. Who goes? Point goes. From the in-between places it grows. Living hard up to some of our woes. Who stands? Just man. From the far-flung desolate lands. Bringing light by the strength of our hands. It's a Milky Way standoff. Refied statement. Terrans, Zerg, and Protoss, each side blaming transgressions and aggression on expansion into sections intersecting with the others, dealing out hard lessons, and I rise up on the and aim directly at enemies directed and expecting that they'll wreck me. I won't go gently, infections don't affect me. Marine down on the scene, ain't a Zerg about to best me. Blessed be the soldier, knowing why he went to battle, win and wars the willpower. Know they won't slaughter like cattle, hit the wraith, kicking the space, and if the temples want to learn just what the Terrans are about, they hear me shout and set the Zerg to burn. No illusion. I'm not coming home alive, but I won't head to hell alone I'm taking all the swarm, I'm for the ride It's empty here outside, but I got gun and gun and core To keep me company when I die doing something That's worth dying for Who goes? Void From the in-between places it grows Living hot up the sum of our woes Who stands? Just man From the far-flung desolate land Bringing light by the strength of our hands Who goes? Void From the in-between places it grows Living hot up the sum of our woes Who stands? Just man From the far-flung desolate land I did it for a writing session recently for the other Fallout track that I made. I don't know if you even heard that I'm Alive. No? Not, no. not familiar? For Fallout? It's yeah. Not, it's not on the EP, though. Okay. No, 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 I'm How would I be a familiar, then? Because I posted it on Facebook. Because I had to buy the fucking EP. I mean, yeah, you that's what, send it to me. You know, you... Ask. <laughs> if you'd ask. You like, know, literally everything we I do like is yours for the ask. I don't... Buy, I know that. I don't mind spending the money. But, uh, but, for but that, I do enjoy making fun of you guys. If, you, if, if you've not yeah. heard I'm Alive, then I will make sure to send you a copy. I totally gave Gord a copy for free, too, so it really only is two people. As well you should. Like, dude, <laughs> I tell everyone who, who brings this up, literally, all of our music is free for the asking. We just require the ask. See, I'm too lazy to ask. It's like, oh, I could email him. I just pay the five bucks. I see. And, and, and we rely on that. <laughs> hold on, hold on. It's like it's easier to just fucking I, I pay to, it. I need to bring this up. This is, this is so good. So by the way, that was excellent. That beer was really yeah, was it? Slayer was cool. really good. So sometimes I'll need wave copies of certain things. Oh God! And I won't, <laughs> I won't uh, uh, have access to them. So occasionally. 
I'll buy my own album. <laughs> and, and so 3P has since fixed this by making sure that the full LPs at least have that. And then my brain realized, wait, I have full access to the admin of the account. I can just generate free download codes like an adult and just get it. And but he'll do that rather than looking up the links I created for the wave you didn't MP have it for disk space though. Uh, so well, that, I haven't done it yet. Yeah, almost every album we have, I have links yeah. for all yeah. every version yeah. of the album to free in download. Flak form. In flak form. In flak form. Yeah. I have it for Apple specific because I did everything that Bandcamp allows. <laughs> so are you concerned though? Because you you notice like now with H the advent of HDTV. There are some like homely character actors, and you don't really want to see them that close up. Do you want to hear Death Star and Flax? I don't yeah, want to hear Death cool. Star and OGG. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem hearing myself through a phone, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't change anything. I think it only enhances the fact that people can say, Man, those terrible rappers record on great equipment. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's that's the main thing is I want people to be like, "Wow, the definition on this is amazing. This is great audio quality for terrible audio. This is like listening to someone fart into a crystal decanter. <laughs> like it's amazing." But I mean, you know, like I'm a simple man. I have two wishes in my life for Death Star, and one of them is that we have eventually a Wikipedia article that we didn't write. I really want it to be inaccurate, but I can't. I, I won't push too far. And we're halfway there. We're on Wikipedia on the disambiguation page for Death Star. We don't have an article, but it does mention us on the page where it's like, were you looking for? I know. Like, I, we're so close, and I keep hoping someone takes the initiative and makes a page about us. Nerd Death Star! A uh, homosexual racist Nazi band <laughs> from Krakow, Poland. <laughs> All, right. All right. And the other thing is that someday when I'm illegally downloading last week tonight from the internet and I idly decide to look up Death Star, someone has uploaded our, our album to, uh, to, to, like, kick-ass torrents or something. Hey, hey, just so you know, there's a used copy of your for the fandom menace at silver platters in linwood no <laughs> you just made my week yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad your, your cd's in a fucking storm I I, someone liked our album enough to buy it but not enough to keep it <laughs> sold it for some sort of I, i'm gonna say a profit after hearing it <laughs> because I don't know. So you can take so they, they silver platters. And there's a there's a tag there. That says silver, si silver I'm platters. so sorry, silver platters. No one will ever buy that. UPC codes. That's like those generic sort of like indie used UPC code. That's like those cloth and pop albums that are hanging out at Pink Gorilla Games. Like Pink Gorilla Games will take any number of albums and be like, yeah, we'll sell them and we'll send you the money if we sell them. And like Cloth and Pop was like, here, take some of my album. We were like, no. And he was like, why don't you do that? I'm like, because I don't want my CD to sit here for two years. And I'm sure you can go to Pink Gorilla and find his album. And that's not a judgment on quality because he's a better rapper than I am. But 
it, it, it is a judgment on the audience for our music, which is nearly non-existent. Yeah, right. Statistically well, irrelevant. 30% of it is in this room, and none of those members are in the band. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, and and that's counting Gord. <laughs> and he's not here. It just occurred to me that we're not actually recording the show right now. Okay, that's probably... I don't think it really matters. <laughs> we're having a lovely conversation with um, so but, but you should probably so turn should, the recording on. come back for a Bill Beats song, though. Okay, yeah. And five, four, three, two... Quite right. And you are to offer him the reward we discussed. Now, all this bright light and wind has given me quite a thirst. Where's my scotch? Let's go sunning. It's so good for you. Let's go sunning. Neat the sky of blue. Greet the sun every morn. Feel as free and happy as the day you were born. Born into a subterranean arcology. New knowledge of biology. External to my planted sealed ecology. So all apologies. Guess you'd say I'm new to these parts. Kicked to the curb due to the circumstance of blues in my heart. And that's a start. But it's hardly all the story Daddy issues like a magazine No destiny or glory So I thought But what I got was my first foray in the sun Blinded and burnt I stumble step by anxious step to Megan I'm carrying tractor trailer baggage on my backpack Rubbing elbows with the extended background cast of Mad Max And that's a sad fact What's sadder is my vault suit and veneer of health and optimism Mark me for what passes as a hero I've got this gun, this fucking gun And no real sign of pops The clues are scattered, what's it matter? When's the next shoe set to drop? I'm taking work for cash or caps, I guess I'm marauding through the muck and slog of burnout husks of yesteryear Oh shit, is that a fucking dog? Let's go sunning, it's so good for you Let's go sunning Neat the sky of blue, greet the sun every morn. Feel as free and happy as the day you were born. Let's go sunning, it's so good for you. Let's go sunning. Neat the sky of blue, greet the sun every morn. Feel as free and happy as the day you were born. So it seems I've joined the Brotherhood of Steel. Power armor gets the harm with all that old world look and feel I've got an arsenal of firearms strapped across my buttress back Stomp to the capital, hey maybe we can take, take the fucker, fucker back And I finally got word about my father Some kind of project with his peers about the purity of water It's got the rotters in the underworld, all in a fucking tizzy But now the enclave is involved, oh shit these factions make me dizzy I've mowed down a dozen dozen super mutants But I found a shiny green apple stewing in a cell down underground He's got my back a ghoul guard's point I bought his contract while a canine scouts the wreckage like the beta male of dog I'm reaping knowledge here trade caravans good chems just where to hide I'm taking notes and thinking maybe I should write my own survival guide the lion's pride is gonna make its mark some way somehow and you can hear about it all on GNR bow wow wow let's go sunning it's so good for you let's go sunning neat the sky of blue greet the sun every Sunning, it's so good for you. Let's go sunning. Need the sky.
Oh, 